0: I do think um, the, the, the outlook is reasonable. It's certainly uh, stronger, brighter than the last time uh, we had the annual meetings in October. Um, global growth projections are higher than they were at that time.
1: That was Janet Yellen, U.S. Secretary of the Treasury, sounding more optimistic at the World Bank and International Monetary Fund meeting in Washington, D.C. last week. The mixed messages coming from central bankers and the IMF is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlin, coming to you from London. All eyes were on Washington, D.C. last week as global central bankers met for an annual conference. Despite soaring inflation and weaknesses emerging in the financial system thanks to higher interest rates, economists like Yellen were surprisingly sanguine. But my colleague Francesco Guerrera reckons there is still reason to be skeptical. Hello, Francesco. You're very welcome.
2: Hi, Amy. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. So you're still obviously in the States. You're you're now in New York, but you were you were in Washington DC last week. And I was just sort of curious, Francesco, what was the sort of mood like at the at the at the meeting, at the IMF and World Bank meeting? Because obviously there's so much going on and there are so many concerns about the global economy.
2: Yeah, yeah. The first thing to say is that the mood was quite uh, cheerful because this was the first time it, uh, since the pandemic that uh, the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank held this, uh, they call it the spring meetings, uh, so the, the the summit of all central bankers and policymakers, the, for the first time since the pandemic. So people were actually happy to see each other in person, uh, and although these are people that, uh, you know, central banking elites who see each other quite often, it was nice to see them all in one place. Now that's the mood, the personal mood, in terms of the uh, economic mood, shall we say, the the, the mood is essentially split into two. Governments, in particular, the US government, in particular, as you mentioned, uh, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who of course was also the the previous head of the Federal Reserve, the central bank, was very, very upbeat. She said that she didn't see any sign of a a recession in the US, which is what most uh, market observers predict. And she also said that she didn't see any sign of uh, um, difficulties in the economy arising from the banking uh, troubles that we saw just a couple of weeks ago when two banks smallish banks, medium-sized banks, failed and had to be rescued by the Federal Reserve. That was in contrast, uh, this upbeat mood, with what uh, the International Monetary Fund itself was predicting for the world economy. Um, Essentially, the International Monetary Fund is predicting very slow growth for the world economy in both 2023 and 2024, uh, in particular in advanced economy like the US, the Eurozone, the UK, and but also in, 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 in developing economies um, like the one in Southeast Asia. Uh, and, and the reason for that is that they don't see um, the uh, economy, the global economy, coming out of this uh, um, strong increase in interest rates, which was uh, introduced by central banks to fight inflation. And, and that's because inflation remains elevated. So that was the kind of the two camps that we were seeing in Washington.
1: And that idea, the IMF does tend to run a little bit more negative, doesn't it, in terms of its, of its outlook. And sometimes it revises its, its expectations upwards. I mean, I suppose what what are the signs do you think that the IMF is focusing on that maybe Yellen and others don't think are as dangerous as the IMF thinks they are?
2: Yeah, you're right. The IMF, because the IMF is the organization that essentially comes in in a crisis. The IMF is 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 always or often the bearer of bad news because uh, they they have a a professionally bleaker view of the world economy since it's up to them to save uh, countries when they get into trouble. So, they um the the, the issue here is essentially a, a disagreement over how long it will take and what it will take to really bring down inflation. As you recall, as our our listeners know very well there's been a spike in inflation um since for the past 12 months and for the past 12 months uh the uh, central banks uh, of the major western economies and japan have been trying to to reduce inflation by uh, Increasing interest rates in a very aggressive, very fast manner—probably the fastest and most rapid increase in interest rates that we've ever witnessed in the in the Western world, in certainly in the eurozone and the U.S. Now, the question is: so that has helped? That has brought inflation down, essentially from what it, when when it was like 10% to about 5%, 6%. The problem is that with inflation, with this type of inflation, the last mile is the hardest, like all marathon runners know. I mean, it's very difficult to get rid of this bit, the last bit of inflation. That's because, I mean, it's sticky in the sense that um, it tends to be with services. Services are very um, difficult to discount, to reduce prices. It's the kind of thing that people um, buy uh, when they have more money. So it's something that wealthier people buy services. If you imagine hospitality, restaurants, concert tickets, all those are the thinks they are difficult for people to give up. And people with money tend to spend money on them anyway. So central banks are going to have a hard time doing this. I mean, a a hard time bringing down this level of inflation to a level that is more consistent with their um, targets. The targets for central banks are around 2%. This kind of inflation now is about 5.66%. So it's three times the level of uh, central bank's targets. So that that suggests that they will have to keep interest rates elevated or even increase them from this level, this already very high level, relatively speaking. So that will obviously reduce economic growth. And that's what the IMF is looking at. It says, okay, well, if central banks have to keep interest rate high or even increase them, uh, growth cannot pick up, in at least in 2023 and 2024. And that's something that uh, the um, uh, politicians at like Janet Yellen seem to debate. Uh, they think, and, and that's something the central banks share, they think that inflation is going to come down much faster. Uh, and th- at that point, interest rates can come down and um, uh, and growth can resume. Um, interestingly, in the US, financial markets think Agree with Yellen essentially. Financial markets think that the interest rate, not only the interest rates are going to stop rising very soon, but also there will be two rate cuts this year, which is a very, very aggressive, very positive, optimistic view uh, by the markets. When inflation is this high, it's very difficult to see how that could happen. But that's what the markets are pricing in.
1: Yes, because I mean, even even this week in the UK, inflation is still stubbornly high and very high on things like food and the areas that obviously impact the economy and people's disposable income. But there is still this expectation of, as you say, of a sort of soft landing.
2: That's right. So soft landing is is an economic uh, uh, jargony thing. That means that essentially we should um, uh, have a uh, reduction in inflation through interest rates, uh, without a big recession or without even a recession. So that's the kind of the, the dream scenario, right? You bring down inflation, but you don't completely destroy the economy and the economy doesn't go into a recession. Um, it's very hard to achieve. It's been achieved – I mean, it depends on who you ask. You know, it's been achieved maybe two or three times in the in, in history in the US and very few times in Europe. Uh, and this, is, this time, um, the idea of a soft landing is even more complicated by the fact that we've had this very, very, very sharp increase in interest rates in a very short period of time. So it is true that um the US, Eurozone and even the UK have avoided a recession so far but it's not it's not clear that they will uh, until the end of the year and so uh, the only hope I think is that the recession in this country is quite shallow so it's not a big recession and so the growth can resume in these circumstances even that would be considered soft landing I think.
1: Yes and I mean the 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 expectation of the investors are are betting that Yellen is right. If they're wrong and they've positioned themselves in the way that they have, what happens then?
2: Yeah, uh, so it's got to be said that markets have been consistently wrong over the past six to eight months in predicting interest rate movements. So investors have bet the wrong way uh, consistently in the US and Europe, often because they were too optimistic on the direction of interest rates. So this pattern is, they have form in this. They they are being over-optimistic once again. Um, if, what we'll see, I think, is, in the next few um, weeks, when we start to see data like inflation or we start to see data like GDP growth in both the U.S. and the Eurozone, we will see a readjustment of these expectations uh, if markets realize that their their views on interest rate cuts, in particular in the U.S., are too optimistic or if they think Ye- Yellen is too optimistic. The one thing we haven't seen really, because we haven't seen the data yet, is the impact of the banking crisis that we've had in the U.S., when Two banks failed, as I said, um, SVP, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank. And also in Europe, when uh, Credit Suisse had to be merged with uh, UBS in a kind of a uh, shotgun marriage because Credit Suisse was failing. And so what we haven't seen is the impact of that on credit condition, by which I mean, because of the tension and the stress in the banking sector, it's very possible that banks, uh, even healthy banks, have stopped or drastically reduced lending to firms and households. Now, that obviously affects the um economic activity. And if that's the case, then you know we have to see how that plays out and how much of that it is. Because if there is a big, big contraction credit then it's possible that the Fed will see um, that the, it needs to cut rates to increase economic activity. So far, again, Yellen was saying that she hasn't seen any of that, and um, uh, we haven't seen the numbers, neither the US nor Europe, really. So we have to see. I've spoken to a few um, economists who think there's going to be a big impact of this, uh, and that will in- increase the chances that the Fed cuts interest rates.
1: Oh, so you have to be, you hope that Yellen's right. <laughs> but well, we hope. Yeah, draw. we all hope
2: yeah, at least, right. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, Francesco, thank you so much for your time. Lovely to chat to you as always. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashtich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen.
0: I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine.
1: Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover.
0: To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he
1: expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters
0: World News wherever you get your podcasts.